Hello and welcome to the Adafruit CircuitPython Weekly for October 8th, 2018. I'm Scott. I'm sponsored by Adafruit. Work all day, every day, well, every weekday on CircuitPython uh, by Adafruit. Uh, we do this meeting every week at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's a chance for circuit, the CircuitPython community to get together and talk about what's been happening. Um, this meeting is structured, uh, this meeting is run, let me say that first, on our Discord channel where we chat all week and uh, in text chat and on Mondays we get together in the voice channel to chat as well. Uh, if you want to join that, you can go to, to the URL adafru.it slash discord. Uh, these meetings are also uh, recorded and they're made available on the Adafruit YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com slash Adafruit. Look for the playlist for the CircuitPython Weekly. Uh, you'll find this recording and all of the previous recordings there as well. Uh, we do take notes uh, during the meeting. So we, uh, if you don't want to listen to the like typically hour-long meeting, uh, you can skim the notes and see if anything interesting happens, and then jump to the time code where we talk about that particular thing. Uh, the meeting is structured in four parts, um, four and a half parts kind of now. Uh, we'll start out with a state of circuit Python, which we'll, uh, we'll both talk about the core code and the library code. And then we'll go on to hug reports, which is a chance for everyone in the voice channel to say uh, thank you to folks that they've done over the week, um, the last week. And then uh, after that, so that we, that is done as a round robin. And then uh, the third thing we do is a status reports, uh, which is kind of what you've been working on and what you plan on working on in the coming week. Uh, that's a very software engineering title type of thing. But uh, we want to hear everything from what project you're building with CircuitPython to what core work that we're doing there. Um, and then lastly, we have a, an in the weeds section where we talk about, uh, we take more time to talk about uh, topics that came up or people want to ask about. And the, the way that that works is that uh, drop people who are in the voice channel drop topics to talk about in the CircuitPython text channel, and we kind of queue those up throughout the meeting, and then we cover those at the end. Um, I think that's it. Uh, so we'll get going here after I take the time code. Um, into the state of CircuitPython. So uh, overall, uh, I'll just cover briefly some stats that we're, we do overall. We just updated the script that generates this stuff, so uh, you'll see that shortly. Um, hey, we have an anonymous Python in the, in the Google Docs right now. Um, so overall, we had 25 pull requests merged. Uh, I just pulled these numbers like in the last hour, so they're super up to date. Uh, with 12 different authors for those 25 pull requests. Uh, Shoutouts to X, P E C E X, uh, iBug, Vlad Mihai28, uh, and Process1183 for being new contributors. Oh, wait, the list is even longer. Uh, Yurish is also there uh, as a new contributor, so thank you to them. Um, and we had six reviewers for those 25 pull requests. So. Again, uh, we'd like to get that num the reviewer number up just as much as <laughs> we would get the, the author number up. So if you want to get started, uh, reviewing is a really easy way to just take some of these code, test it, and see if it works for you, you know, look it over for style stuff. That's, that's always helpful. And then, uh, again, overall issues-wise, 
Uh, we had 15 closed issues by seven people and uh, 14 opened by 11 people. So those are the overall stats. Now I'll go over some more detailed stats for the core and then I'll hand it off to Kat and she'll do library stats. Um, so of those 25 pull request merged, five of those were to the core. And again, uh, thank you to Yurish and XPECX, um, I don't know how to pronounce that, uh, for, for being new authors on the core. And uh, Dan uh, Halbert did all of the reviews for those five uh, PRs. So thank you, Dan, for being responsible on reviews, including my own pull requests that are uh, continuing. Uh, speaking of open pull requests, we have nine on the core, which is a pretty high number still. Uh, I usually get to doing reviews uh, before the meeting, but I was out this weekend, and so I'm a little bit behind. Plan to see uh, more review traffic later today after this happens for me. Uh, Issues-wise on the core, we have uh, four closed issues by three people and eight open by six people. Uh, so we're a net positive on core issues this week uh, for a total of 55 open issues. And if you want more details on the pull requests and the issues that are open, check the, the notes box. We have more details there. Um, with the new Adabot, Adabot scripts, I did uh, some tweaks to the download stats. Um, so uh, the latest unstable release is 4.0 Alpha 1. We've had 372 total downloads uh, with a very typical pattern in terms of uh, downloads by port. But the interesting thing to come out of the new stats is that we have, we now break down by language that was downloaded. So for um, out of those 372, 242 of those were English, uh, followed by 43 German downloads, uh, 30 Spanish downloads, uh, 31 French downloads, and 26 um, Tagalog downloads. Now I think that there's some script that came along and fucked up everything. So uh, I think all of the all of the different binaries got downloaded at once at least. Um, then for 302, uh, we had 200 or 2,599 total downloads, um, and that's all English because that's NCS. So with that, I will pick a time code and hand it off to Kathy. Excellent, thank you. So of our total uh, pull requests, we had 20 pull requests merged, um, eight authors. Uh, five reviewers. Um, the names that seem new are iBug, Vlad Mihai, and uh, Process 1183. Um, I don't remember seeing them before, so thank you for uh, contributing. We have 12 open pull requests across all of our library repos. Um, I know some of those are ones that have just come in and are um, Early, early PRs for, for review purposes, um, but other ones are, are things we need to address. Um, in terms of issues, we had 11 closed by four people and six opened by six people. Um, we currently have 55 open issues across all of the repos. If you wanna know what those are, um, check out the notes uh, as well. We now have a, um, a centralized issue on the CircuitPython repo that keeps track of all this information as well. Um, so if you're interested in helping out, um, CircuitPython libraries are a great place to start and that issue is an excellent place to start. I will pop the link into the notes and also into the chat. Um, other than that, we have various and sundry issues on the actual um, 
on the actual repos themselves, um, some of which are, are PR related type things, but other things are actually things that have to change on the repos themselves. So not all of that is stuff that can be handled by everyone. Um, and in response to that question, yes, Carter, the plan is to update it weekly. Um, I suppose if we start seeing a ton of um, a ton of traffic, there may be reason to update it more often than that. Um, at the moment, that was the plan was to update it weekly. So that is overall the status of the libraries. Um, if you have any questions about contributing or anything like that, feel free to ping me. Um, and we have a lot of people who have already been helping out a ton who can, uh, we can all help you get started with that sort of thing. So that's what I have. Cool. Thanks, Katni. Um, and I guess I also, I, I don't put notes, this in the notes until I think of it, but uh, I also like to say, say just a couple statements about where we're at or sentences about where we're at with CircuitPython. Um, my brain's kind of fried because I've been heads down on audio mixer work. We have an upcoming board, I think that was demoed in Ask an Engineer, but it's a, a two trellis sort of board that's all in one. Uh, and I've been doing a lot of audio work to support that. Um, so you'll see that go into the 4.0 alpha. We basically, we have these new boards, both hallowing and trellis that are being supported by our alpha releases of 4X. So, uh, we're really trying to hammer home on 4x. Uh, I said it last week, and I'll say it again because I actually need to do it this week, but we also do need releases of 3x as well uh, for an audio fix that went in after 302. So expect to see, uh, we'll do an alpha, I'll do an alpha 2 by Wednesday of 4.0, and I'll do a 303 by Wednesday as well. Um, probably do that tomorrow. So uh, making good progress on 4x, just trying to get back in the groove of things. Um, I'm doing a lot of traveling on the weekends right now, and like a bunch of us were gone. So we're still still kind of getting into that groove, um, and you'll see more of that come later, and our, our pace will pick up uh, until we hit the holidays, and then and things will slow down a bit again. So uh, should be really productive next few months, which will be very exciting. Um, OK, so uh, let's move on to hug reports. Um, uh, Hug Reports is a chance for us to all just like reflect on what's been happening in the community and say a quick thank you to the folks that have been making it all awesome. Um, again, uh, for myself, I've been, I was heads down on audio and then I was like literally gone. I was in LA almost the entire weekend. So um, just a couple things that I saw in my brief trying to catch up until the meeting. Uh, one, Summersoft, thank you for pinging people about the meeting. I know there was a little bit of confusion about whether we were going to do it on Monday or not, given that today is a U.S. holiday. It's Columbus, Columbus Day. Not everybody has the day off. Um, and as Katni mentioned, somebody, I actually take a cue as to whether my fiance gets the day off or not, whether I should take the day off. Uh, she's at work, so um, I, I was thinking we would work uh, today. So uh, we're all here in this meeting, so thank you to everybody for attending that. And uh, Summersoft, thanks for letting people know, even though I was like desperately trying to catch up on the like CircuitPython Discord feed before I gave up. And uh, oh, it's also Canadian Thanksgiving, um, which is, I guess, uh, doing it on holidays is not a bad thing because some people can make it, but they typically can't. So um, yeah, thank you to Summersoft and uh, for the ping. And thank you to everyone for joining uh, even though it's kind of last minute as to whether we we're going to have one or not. And then I also just wanted to
give a shout out to Katni for taking on the library work. Um, it's been really cool to see that uh, organization start to go. And I haven't actually looked at this issue yet, so I'm excited to look at that as well. And then uh, lastly, yep, Indigenous People's Day as well. Uh, today is like free ice holiday and we still haven't been doing it. Who plans that? <laughs> uh, but thank you all for making it anyway. And uh, also big shout out to Dan uh, Halbert for doing the reviews uh, over the weekend. I got a PR out like right before I left on Friday and it's already been reviewed. So it makes it easy to jump in uh, this week. And I saw he did a number of reviews for other people as well. So um, thank you, Dan. So with that, uh, we'll go to Brandon. Uh, yeah, um, quick shout out to Katni for continuing to um, have a whole bunch of the state of the whole library project in her brain um, mm -hmm. in a way that I definitely do not. And also to Lady Ada for a bunch of help with um, hardware stuff out last week. Cool, thanks, Brennan. All right, Carter. Yeah, one another one to Katni for helping me with the Cap eleven eighty eight, getting it going on Travis. Found a stupid little uh, Linux copy command that I wasn't doing right, <laughs> but that all was good. And then another big one to Lady Ada for once it was up and rolling for actually testing it out on hardware and providing some good, useful review feedback, getting that going. And then you've already mentioned uh, Process eleven eighty three and iBug. Another hug to them for me, because I've seen them come up on some issues I've been creating as I've been finding them and assigning them to myself. And they've been jumping in going, hey, I want to do that. And been reviewing and submitting several PRs that they've done for those fixes. So thanks for that. Yeah, it was a really good week for new new contributors, which is cool. Um, all right. Uh, Brennan, can you re-mute? I get a buzz from you. Perfect. <laughs> it's so weird. Uh, I... hmm? Okay, uh, C. Grover says, no microphone today. Uh, group hug, marveling at the wonderfulness of support for the Halloween and for Coro Alpha. Amazing. Cool, thank you, C. Grover. Uh, Charles is lurking, so we'll skip to Drew. Uh, yeah, not a huge update, but uh, working on I2C now for in Blinka for the BeagleBone. Um, though don't have it working yet, but hopefully I will soon. Cool, that's a big one. Get lots of good support that way. Oh wait, was this Hug Reports or? Oh, that's true. Yeah, it is Hug Reports. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I skipped ahead. Um, oh, I wanted to thank uh, Katni. She's been trying to figure out how she might be able to come to um, Chicago to do a workshop here for us. Um, so um, appreciate that. Um, I think there's a lot of people here who would be very excited about CircuitPython in the Playground Express. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, and thanks for correcting yourself, because I totally was like, oh, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> OK, Jerry, hug reports? Uh, usual group hug, but also uh, just a, um, a shout out to Adafruit for putting the Halloween in, in the Adabox 9. Uh, when it first came out, I wasn't I wasn't going to get one. So I was like, what do I do with that? And it turns out I've been having a blast with it. <laughs> it's really been fun um, and uh, testing out, learning lots of new things and looking forward to actually learning a lot more about the Display.io stuff now that it's it's in there and helping with getting it going on the other boards. So 
Yeah, totally. And that, yeah, I want to get back to that. I guess I'll cover, I'll cover that instead. Of something. <laughs> um, okay, Katni. Yeah, so um, I've been working on a, a piece of software and I needed a lot of help with it. Um, and I want to thank Carter and Roy for tons of help. Um, Carter, especially, uh, you helped out a ton and I super appreciate it. Um, I also want to thank Carter and Summersoft for reviewing the software. Uh, we're finding some real basic stuff that needed to be changed overall. Um, it wasn't much, but it's it's important stuff. So thank you for catching that. And um, a hug report to Brennan uh, for doing some of the more difficult PyPI stuff. There's some annoying things that uh, you already popped through and took care of and updated the guides for. Um, and I really appreciate that. So thank you for doing that. Awesome. Uh, Mike, are you around? Yeah, I'm here today. Um, uh, I just want to thank the community in general, but uh, um, I, in taking over more of the newsletter and uh, working with uh, Adafruit, um, I often have my nose in the news. And there have been a couple people that have really done some some interesting things um, with uh, alpha, the 4.00 alpha. Um, you know, it's just been it's been 17 days since you uh, popped it up, Scott. And um, there are people out there already putting that code into action. Um, I I did an article on the Adafruit blog on um, um, Yuri from Google, who is make is getting into badge life, hmm. and has used uh, NRF uh, 52840. And uh, the VS1053 sound chip that Adafruit supports, but not through CircuitPython yet, right, right. and hooked them together for a, a really neat uh, wired um, audio solution. I mean, you can you can pipe audio through a um, a conference or something, or you know, just music or whatever, um, just with those two chips and. Uh, um, that the new version of CircuitPython will have uh, a really good audio support. Um, and so the, you know, hats off to the people who are bleeding through having to uh, hook up a couple of these things uh, manually. Um, you know, it, it takes a little bit of skill and we're not, Adafruit doesn't advertise that we've got everything working in this yet, which we don't, but you, Scott, are, are doing a lot of that heavy lifting. So I guess a big hug report to you and just uh, hats off to people who uh, have the time and energy to go into the alpha and uh, kick the tires because uh, it's the, it's like most of you all know, it's getting your hands on this and playing around and that sees how robust it is. It, mm -hmm any um, pull requests show where we might need a little bit of polishing, but it, it, we're all just helping each other. So um, yeah, the, the NRF supports really, uh, the, the uptake has gotten me real excited. So hugs to them too. Yeah, I think it's gonna be super cool. Uh, thanks Mike. Yep. Uh, Roy. So um, hugs to Scott and Katney for your unending patience and encouragement during my extended absence. And I'm looking forward 
to uh, helping or returning at some point to help finish off pixel buff and RGB light, or at least helping hand it off to somebody that can. Awesome. Um, OK, I see Sedacious is in, is in the notes here, but not in the voice chat. So I will just take time code and read that off. Uh, Sedacious says, uh, Carter, for holding my hand with the temp conversions on the new Max thermal couple driver, uh, which, by the way, note for me, uh, check out the pictures that uh, Sedacious posted of his laptop sitting outside his freezer with the USB cord going into the FFO Tiquarius uh, when he's testing the, the temp conversion uh, going below zero. I, I enjoyed those quite a lot. And then uh, Sedacious also says, uh, thanks to Drew at Oshpark for assisting me in getting me help for my footprints. Uh, that's two. And again, Solosoft is rocking it by asking letting Lady Ada know where we are in the meeting. Um, so Summersoft, why don't you paste yours, and I'll read yours, and then I'll read Lady Ada's as well. And I actually, while while you all are typing, I, I thought of one more. I wanted to thank uh, Bill from AT Makers. Uh, Carter, I believe, was helping with this as well. And um, I think it was primarily these two working on the sip and puff stuff. Um, if I forgot somebody, sorry, but it's just really cool. I was looking back through the chat logs and people were working on uh, using that new uh, pressure sensor for sip and puff, which is very exciting. I've gone over to Jim's house a couple times. He's come up. He uses uh, sip and puff to, uh, to Morse code converter to control his computer. And so it was really, really awesome to see people working on that. Um, All right, uh, I'm going to read Summersoft's uh, because he really hasn't posted it in the chat. I, he has it in the, in the, in the notes. So Summersoft says, Platypo XTEC GC Best Consolos for Lanto for new translations and C47D and friends Carlos for finishing up the Espanol translation. Uh, Nick Zoic for continued Ethernet work, uh, Carter Sedacious and Katni for new library work, and Mithro for working on Tiny FPGA plus Circuit Python, and uh, Group Hug overall, all from Summersoft. And then, uh, let me pop this back up Let's see, Lady Ada says um, thanks to Jerry, Summersoft, Carter, and others for helping with October. Um, we've got tons of new people showing up, which is totally true. Um, and Sedacious you, I can't remember all the names. Um, AMC Grover. Oh, yeah, Summersoft, if you get your mic working, jump in. And uh, Carter posted a link to the ET Maker section. Yeah, so Summersoft, if you go ahead and play around with your mic, it'll be talking to um, Otherwise, let's keep going. Uh, so status updates. I'll take another time code because, you know, time codes are better. Um, status updates is a, a very typical 
uh, software engineering sort of thing, where if you're all in an office, you'll stand around in a circle and talk about what you've been working on and what you plan on working on. Um, and we'll do that here, except we won't be standing, we'll just be in our voice chat. Uh, but again, just you know, take a couple sentences and talk a little bit about uh, what you've been working on and what you're planning on working on in the future. Um, it's really, really good as a way of getting people on the same page as far as like understanding who's doing what. And it's also good uh, because you may think like, oh, I know something about this. Let me give them a tip or trick uh, as they continue doing the work they're doing. So um, I will start. Um, last week, I kind of talked about a lot of this already, but um, I did some native bot work last week, and then I went heads down on audio mixing stuff. So the, the idea is that we can actually play multiple raw samples or multiple wave files at the same time now. Uh, it's a, there's a pull request for it currently, and it's, it works both on the M0 and on the M4, uh, but obviously the experience and the performance will be better on the M4 because it has a smarter math reasoning. Um, this is, again, serving this new Trellis uh, M4 device that's coming, and uh, I want to knock out a bug that C Grover in particular has contributed a lot to on um, on the GitHub issue about doing a soft start and back to preconditioning to re reduce the amount of popping that happens when you play back stuff. I noticed that when I was testing it uh, using the CLEAs to measure the, the uh, back output that there is definitely a big pop. So I'm going to do this mixer stuff and then I'm, I'm going to precondition the DAC uh, as well because uh, there's a headphone jack on this new uh, trellis device and I don't want to blast people's ears out. Um, so that's kind of, I'm finishing up the mixer stuff and then I'll do the soft start stuff. And then when I was actually in New York as well, I started doing audio in, which is basically the reverse of audio out, which is recording audio over time. So that would allow us to take samples and stuff, which would be super cool. And so that's going to be kind of the last thing that I do in this kind of like set of work. And then I'm going to switch to doing display stuff because I do feel like the display stuff I left in a very, um, very initial fragile state that I want to expand a lot kind of is here related to. So um, that's the next couple of weeks for me. So you'll the 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 other things will be. Uh, oh yeah, I'm not doing volume stuff yet. So that's another thing that would be super easy to add. It's just a, an object that changes the volume of something. It's very similar to the work in the mixer stuff. But anyway, um, that's where I'm at. And uh, if you have questions, you know, as always, feel free to reach out to me. Um, oh, the other thing, uh, one quick note is that the call for presentations for PyCon 2019 is open. So I'm planning on applying to do that. But also there's a Python conference here in Seattle in February called PyCascade. Then I'm going to do an application for that as well. So. Um, that may take some time this week as well. Um, okay, so uh, AT Makers just jumped in. Uh, so Bill, we're on status updates, but if you want to do hug reports since you just jumped in, uh, if you want to do that as well. Uh, I do. I don't know if you guys can hear me or not. I can hear you. E excellent. So yeah, everybody here rocks. Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody on the uh, on the chat. Uh, Katni and Cater and, uh, and all these other people are wonderful. The device just stinking works. 
I plug in a tube and I can pretty quickly fire up a sip and puff that generates uh, Morse code. It's not quite what he has today, but it's only several days into it. So mm -hmm. it, it will absolutely work, especially the hardware is awesome. So hugs for all of them. Nice. And uh, what's your status, status update as well? Uh, so that is, um, it is up on GitHub under our organization account. Uh, Cater, Cater, however you say that, is uh, also helping me with that. Yep. We we will probably have something doing all of the A to Z and control stuff and sending keystrokes by the end of the weekend. Awesome, that's great work. I, I it was not as hard as I expected. <laughs> that's always that's that's a good way to put our goal with CircuitPython. It's like. After you use CircuitPython, the goal should be that you you take that. Yeah, no, it was it was easier than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, thanks, Bill. Uh, yeah. Brennan. Okay, so um, last week was testing some serial hardware on the Pi and updating guides for that. Um, little thermal printer, little JPEG camera, and GPS stuff. Be going fine. I still have a few uh, guides to finish updating there. Um, other than that, some sort of ongoing Pi library testing as things come up. And I finally got my well for a Circuit Python project published. It's a thing called the Glitter Positioning System, which um, some boxes that find one another. Um, and send packets back and forth over Laura. It was kind of a fun project. Hmm. Um, less time on CircuitPython than otherwise, um, fixing some other Raspberry Pi tooling that Adafruit supports. But that's me. Nice. Thanks, Brennan. Okay, uh, Carter. Yeah, the previously mentioned CAP 1188 library, that's done and in the bundle and PyPy also. And the fix for the Circuit Playground Playtone. So that's kind of the uh, second half of that audio fix that you need to push out in 3X that you keep talking about. Um, I did that, and that's good to go. Mm -hmm. And then the ongoing uh, review of Sedacious's code for the that thermocouple thing. So again, thanks for being patient with all <laughs> that ongoing stuff there, Sedacious. We'll get there. Mm -hmm. And all those other issues that that I mentioned with uh, process 1183 and iBug, there's been several of those. So I've been uh, reviewing the PRs they've made and that's kind of ongoing. I think they have a couple more they're gonna be throwing in. Awesome, thank you so much for doing those reviews. Really, really helpful. Yeah. All right, thanks Carter. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce your username either, but I know that your actual name is Carter. So I'll say that. Uh, okay. Uh, Seagrover is only on text, so I'll read Seagrover's off. Seagrover uh, says, upgraded some older projects to 4.0 alpha. Uh, no bugs yet, which we don't promise because it's an alpha. Um, besides a bunch of SMD soldering, thanks to Offspark for early delivery. Uh, two current projects were also updated this week. One was for a new Eurorack CV interface wing, CCB, uh, and friends, uh, for M0s and M4s, and the other for the UFO controller. Uh, friends, the one used as an example in my panel design slash build learning guide. The CV interface wing is completed. Still more work to be done on the UFO controller, but I'm nearing the home stretch. 
The controller is using potentiometers as animation selection switches augmented by a click of a piezo speaker. Ah, interesting. Uh, much simpler and smaller than rotary switches. No interrupt or breadcrumb complications as with rotary encoders. I'll share some generic code for that when the project is completed. Next on the project docket is to totally upgrade my portable and fixed audio recording studios to get ready for recording my first solo album, which is very exciting. Um, we'll be replacing everything, hardware and software, including audio interfaces and the DAW, just like the digital audio workstation, I believe. Uh, must convert and archive all previous recording projects into non-proprietary formats. This will be fun, in quotes, uh, but very worthwhile. Also, um, thanks to Grover. Uh, Charles is lurking, so uh, Drew, do you just want to reiterate uh, what you said earlier? Yeah, um, working on getting I2C working uh, on the BeagleBone with uh, Blinka. Um, so trying to take what's in there with the PRIO SM bus and getting that working on the BeagleBone. Yeah, I squared C is like a huge thing. So many of the better ones that I use it for having that work. Right. Awesome. Definitely. Okay. All right, Gary. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. Well, did a little fix on the NR52 with the uh, file system create uh, that was was missing. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, coming up, I'm going to be working on hopefully trying to uh, learn something about LaraLAN and uh, helping trying to convert this small library to see if it if it'll work with the uh, uh, with the Laura boards. And uh, just a good opportunity for me to learn something about LaraLAN been interesting. Cool. And uh, and then uh, yeah, looking forward to learning a lot more about display I/O now that I'm starting to play with the with the fun display. <laughs> yeah, you'll be right alongside me, I think, as I add more stuff to it. It's very welcome. Okay, uh, Katten. So uh, PyPI stuff has been on hold for a short time. Uh, because we are working on a slideshow helper library um, that displays a slideshow of uh, bitmap files on, for example, the hollowing, so a board with a built-in display. Um, so instead of writing a whole boatload of code, you can import slideshow and write three lines, and then boom, the you know the the files that you have on your board display. Ta-da. Mm -hmm. um, Thanks again to, to Roy and Carter. Um, I know I gave hug reports earlier, but seriously, thank you so much. Um, so we wrote this into a helper library. Um, the, for this week, the plan is to add uh, one, another set of functionality to it. Um, so that right now it just um, does automatic things. And what we want to do is add in the ability to manually um, advance the images. Um, because the original piece of code used the used capacitive touch to cycle between the images, um, and we don't want to lose the capability to do that. Mm. So we're going to be adding that so we have and re rewriting the original example um, to use the library so that it's easier to use, um, and that's the plan. Um, after that, uh, back into PyPI stuff. Um, next up is, is dot .star, so that should be good. Um, and other than that, um, 
that's kind of the plan for this week is just to get the slideshow stuff finished up and then um, get on back into PyPI. You can't me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was funny. I, I was really glad to see that you were you were doing that, and because uh, it was it was, as soon as I got the the Halloween board, it's one of the things I started playing with. It was modifying that that demo code to do, you know, something uh, much more crude than what you're doing, but it just worked. But one of the things I found that was fun was to make it so that you could use the uh, the light sensor um, as the advance rather mm -hmm. than the touch. So yeah, to think about it. it was it's kind of fun. I have it say if I just wave, wave my hand over it, you know, if you block the light sensor enough, it, it then advances. But you got to yeah. make sure you don't go to a dark room or else it keeps advancing. The, yeah, the whole point of what we're doing is to be able to use whatever you want to advance yeah. it. Um, so that's another good one. Um, cool. I will yeah. definitely keep that in mind and I will shove it your way for testing. Great. Happy to test. Thanks. I already have right. been copying your files as you post them. Oh, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Thanks. All right. That's that's uh, that's what I've got for this week. Cool. Thanks, Katni. Okay, Mike. Okay, um, I am working on a tutorial for Adafruit. Uh, it's, it's been a little tough. I mean, a lot of people have problems with it. Is using the onboard light sensor um, as a pulse detector, and you have the, the big bugaboo is not to just show the lights pulsing with your pulse, but to actually count the beats per minute. And uh, so I've got some new code that uh, Lady Ada's helped me with. So uh, hopefully we'll get that out this week um, with the usual caveats that don't use that for any sort of medical test because you should use certified medical equipment uh, for medical things. But uh, otherwise I, I posted in the uh, forum there that uh, People have been asking for a PDF version of my book, Getting Started with Adafruit Circuit Playground Express, which also includes uh, a lot of getting started with CircuitPython. There will be a PDF release in, in the upcoming Humble Bundle. You can go to uh, um, humblebundle.com and look for the Make Electronics package. Uh, it's going to be open for the next two weeks. And uh, one of the packages includes uh, the new book in PDF. So PDF is your target thing for reading books. Now they'll sell you one. Uh, and it supports a charity. Let me just check real quick. Maker Ed is the charity that they're right. to. So um, that's it for me. Cool. Thanks, Mike. All right. Uh, Roy. Uh, no real status update for me, just uh, that I'm hopefully able to return at least a little bit in a limited capacity and um, hopefully or I'm uh, be able to talk about what I've done so far on Pixelbuff and RGB-led and mm -hmm. what needs to be done to wrap that up. Cool. Yeah, that would be super helpful and we can get it, get it out the door, which would be awesome. Uh, okay, boy. I'm going to read Sedacious' status because it's in here um, and they're not in the meeting. Um, I think Sedacious is actually at work work, so that's good. Uh, but Sedacious says, uh, with any luck, put the Max driver to bed early this week and be able to make some progress on the ADXL345 driver. I lost my mouse, which has slowed down my e-link, so 
but I finished another large chunk of my custom PCP tutorial, so I've got that going for me. Which is cool. And uh, Summer Slops. Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, so uh, Frequency in. haven't done anything with it, still neglecting it, and it feels it. <clears throat> um, Fram, so the I2C is done for the Fram. PR is still pending. Um, SPY is also done, but it, I had to change something up with uh, with how parts of it work. So it has a breaking change for the ITC PR, which I can merge it after that one's done, or I can close the current one and just submit a new one. And then I'm starting to work on uh, the issue of including the examples into the library bundles. I'm still trying to work on getting a local copy of that script to work instead of running it from PyPI, but I'm getting there. Yeah, I saw you ping me about that, and I just, like, as I said, I'm just catching up. So um, you, it sounds like you're not at work today, so maybe later today we should just uh, chat about it. Sure, works for me. Although I do have some possible hurricane prep to do, so. <laughs> I think that's the priority. <laughs> I would agree. Cool. Well, happy to have you on here. I'm glad you can make it um, rather than just on your phone at work. Um, okay, uh, TV Techie, you just came in. Do you want to do hug reports and status updates? Anybody else come in? I can't hear you. Yeah, go ahead and just type it in the tech chat and I'll read it out. Oh, and also if people have uh, topics for in the weeds and you haven't put them already, go ahead and put them in the text channel as well. We'll get to those in, in a second. Whoa, is it actively infected? I don't think he meant to have the S on that, just... <laughs> Yeah, the point is that's not really related to CircuitPython. It's a it's a basic Python how-to for anyone who's willing to help. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Kind of a thing. But it's weird because it's only like 18 bits, right? Uh, there's, there's a couple of different ones. There's a 24 and a 19, or there's a 19 and a 14 or something like that. But anywho, it's it's generic Python-y stuff, not CircuitPython specific. Right. Okay, we'll get to that. Uh, TV Techie for Hug Report says, um, hugs to Dan and Carter and Hanmeet and Katney. I really have been enjoying making my code in Python. It makes this process so much easier. Thank you, and hugs all around too. And then hopefully we'll get a status update from TV Techie as well. They were asking about changing the circuit Python. And uh, 
For those of you who are listening only, uh, the recording does have video as well, which is basically right now Discord says people are typing. <laughs> um, so right now we're collecting topics for some of you. Um, and it looks like we've got a number of those, which is good. So we'll probably go over our posters now. Some people have to leave and they have to leave us. And as always, if people have questions that we can't cover in this, you can always catch us on our Discord um, all week long, um, sometimes on weekends as well for myself personally, but I've been traveling on the weekends, so I haven't been around. Um, but yeah, to join our Discord, you go to adafred.it slash Discord. Uh, the circuit Python text channel is the best place to ask about circuit Python stuff. Uh, or if you're just doing uh, Sandy, That's where the, the folks that uh, work on it most keep track of the most of the project help in general get a lot of different questions. <laughs> Says uh, my status is the uh, just that I have uploaded my half baked GUI code to get GUI code to GitHub and uh, a program to add back so we add by using Yeah, interesting. I'd love to see your GUI code actually because um, that is something that we want to be able to do. I, I remember you showing on Show and Tell your um, interface, it looks really nice. Um, but the, the new display stuff is all about like drawing rectangles and tracking rectangles. Uh, uh, it would be good to get the GUI stuff for that when it's not just following stuff. Cool. PG Techie says, oh, that sounds perfect. Okay, let's uh, move on. Yep. Yep, Mike's piecing out because he's got a meeting. Thanks, Mike. And uh, Mike says, also a reminder, uh, subscribe for the Python and Microcontrollers newsletter. goes out Tuesday mornings. Uh, to subscribe, you can go to adafruitgaming.com. Uh, check the Python for Microcontrollers box. It's a different domain from Adafruit.com because it means that your, your your email doesn't get merged with uh, customer email necessarily. So I uh, wanted to make sure that that was clear, that it was separate. Uh, okay, let's go in the weeds. Uh, we have a number of topics here. So uh, again, if you're listening along at home, uh, feel free to check the notes and see what is interesting to you. Uh, first and foremost, it's Summersoft and Katni about Adabot. Do either one of you want to introduce the topic? I guess not. <laughs> oh, I was going right, to say. Well, we'll, yeah. Go ahead. So, so, I, so, go ahead. Do it. Do it up. No. Okay. All right. So the, the, what we're talking about is adding, um, some, uh, 
potential command line options. Mm -hmm. This came this came out of me wanting to have a thorough uh, list for the tracking issue that I put on the CircuitPython repo for the libraries. Mm -hmm. um, and I needed to have it not only print out five or less libraries. Right. So I went in and changed the file, which is fine, but it would be super handy to have something like that uh, available as part of the, the command line thing, which mm -hmm. um, Summersoft implied is totally doable. Um, I don't have a clue how to do it, but mm -hmm. I was told it might be. Mm -hmm. So the, and the other thing that was brought up was having the option to push the output to either uh, a print, you know, printing it out into the terminal or, or printing it to a file or doing both. Right. And before we jumped into that and did all that, we just wanted to see whether you had any input on it. The only input I have is that there's another thing you should add. <laughs> okay. Um, which is uh, adding the ability to not prompt for Adabot's password if it's needed. Uh, okay. Because that would allow us to automatically run it every night, like on the, like Travis. Travis has the ability of doing cron jobs and stuff, and mm -hmm. so basically being able to put it in like automated mode where like. Uh, nobody's at the terminal to do it uh -huh. uh, would be really nice because then we could just automatically run it every night and dump it to like our S3 bucket uh, just like we do the, the regular build and then we would yeah. always have an updated version uh, rather than needing to run it as well. So Travis can be given um, secrets basically that are not you can't you can set them once and you can never see them again that become available to the build process and so you right. can put AWS credentials in there and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly how the how we upload to our S3 bucket the, the release artifacts, um, which is also why when pull requests happen, those don't get uploaded to S3 because it's unreviewed code. And if you gave credentials to that, then people could just slurp them out of their pull requests. Yep. Yep. OK, so, that, that so... Would be cool. all right. Um, excellent. That was basically we just we, we talked about it this weekend and that's what we wanted to to cover. Um, hasn't really been an issue up until, you know, needing to keep better track of the library issues and so on, but right. um, might be worth having now. So sounds good. Um, cool. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. All right. Uh, Jerry, you're up next with DLE support. Yeah, it just comes to, there was a question that came up, I think it was on, on Discord. Um, mm -hmm. Somebody was asking you know, whether there was BLE support and, and you know, whether they could use the iOS app from uh, Bluefruit to to control their NRF52. And I, I replied that, you know, stand by, it's, you know, there's a lot going on and that it's it's not not there yet. Right. But, but I realized that, that that may have been somewhat of an understatement. In other words, there is BLE support. It, it's there. The, the, the soft devices are in there. So if somebody wants to go and dig in, you know, go to the, go to Nordic, get the, the API information, you can use it. Um, but I, my understanding is that um, Arturo is working on a, on a, on a major rewrite to that right. and there'll be a new API right. sometime fairly soon. Is that, is that the correct status? Yeah. I mean, you were a lot nicer than me. I would have just said no. Um, because <laughs> like, as you say, I'm basically waiting, waiting on Arturo to get, that stuff to me right. um, and if that doesn't happen at some point when we need to get there um, 
we'll end up doing it ourselves, but I think if we cook our Turo enough, we'll be able to do it. Basically, you know, thinking about 4.0, where we have the alpha phase and the beta phase, like the BLE stuff actually falls into that beta phase uh, because it's new APIs rather than just having the old APIs work. So, Right. Um, Okay. But I just want, I, I realized when I made that statement that, you know, that it's not that we don't support BLE right now, it's there, um, you know, and, and it, and it, so, you know, if you, there are examples that you can make it do stuff, mm -hmm. but you're sort of on your own doing it. <laughs> yeah, I would, yeah. I, and that's why I would just say no, of like, like we don't right. support okay. it. Like it's the MicroPython way of doing it, which is fine. And if people want to poke at it, then it's fine. Uh, okay. But in general, I like, in my mind, we just don't have that's because it's it's the UBLUEPI library now or a module, and, that's, and you want to replace that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really want to get to the point like I on that on the issue about the BLE API. I posted this kind of long example that I spent like I spent a day reading up on Bluetooth and and kind of like sketched it out where the idea is that you actually just have like an object that represents your device, and depending on whether you're in central or peripheral mode just changes the way that you interact with particular properties. So like BLE is stateless. So if you wanted to read like a battery level, you would just say right. like my device dot battery dot level and read it. And that just does all the BLE stuff under the hood. And, and I assume people like, like, uh, you know, microbuilder and, 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 you know, that it would, does sound like would be a really great goal to eventually make it so that something like the blue fruit um, mm -hmm. app, you know, can interact with it, that the, that the pieces are there. And uh, that was the first I thought of thought about that. So, and I'd be happy to help, help with that when, if, when we get that far. So. Yeah. I, it just hasn't been a focus for Dan or I yet. And then sure. Arturo has been working on it, but we haven't like, hasn't yeah. been pushing updates to us pretty quickly. Um, yeah. No, it's a, it's a, I'm sure it's a lot. And yeah. uh, I want to get there, and then I also want to. I really do. Before 4.0 is stable, I want us to have a, a story around editing CircuitPython from phones and tablets over BLE. Like to me, that's why BLE support matters. Is that we unlock this use case of people using their phones and tablets to edit sure. CircuitPython code. Again. So we'll. I want to get there. It's just like. We add this baseline yep. alpha stuff to do first, and then and then we can start to worry about it later. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I wasn't pushing the direction. I just wanted to was really trying to decide, you know, what was the proper response at this point for that kind of question. So thanks. Yeah. So I think I think my answer would be no, but then again, like you actually test it, you know better than I do. But also, like if you think the person's technical enough, they want pointers on how to dig into it. That's a great response. Of like, well, there's a, there's micro blue pie already. And, Okay. All right. Thanks, Jerry. That's good to good to clarify. So, Carter, you're next on here. Um, okay. Real first, real quick. Do you need to make uh, TJ Techie show and tell blue? Sounds like he showed his GUI stuff on show and tell. Oh yeah, totally. Cool. Okay. Then for the the first one. Um, <laughs> Basically, this this came up, and it's just a simple little procedural mistake. And I'm wondering if there's some way we can add an automated check for this. It's where you you fix something on a uh, a, a library, you, you bring in the pull request, and it's all fixed. 
mm-hmm. and you move on with life, but then you forget to do a release so that it gets in the bundle. Right. Is there any way we can add some kind of automated Adabot flag for that? Yeah, it would be awesome yeah. to have that. We don't have it yet. And I don't know of anyone working on it. So okay. yeah, yes, that would be great. Okay. Or is it um I'm not sure how you, you track things that need to be added to Adabot. Is it like an issue or something? Uh yeah, you can put it on the Adabot repo. Okay. Okay. Um I can actually add that to the current list that we have going. So We'll, we'll just track the current needed changes in one place real quick. Uh, I can take care of that. Well, I mean, it, yeah, issues would be better. Right, right. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying I'll make a single issue with the stuff that we just talked about. I would make multiple issues. Okay. Because then you can finish them at different times. Right, right. That's definitely a better way to do it. All right. Well, then uh, forget anything I just said. Carter, you handle it. I thought. Well, okay. I'm just going to create one, though. <laughs> one for this feature request. Yeah, that's uh, what I'm saying. Handle okay, just that one. Okay. I'll do it. Yeah, since I kind of brought it up, I'll go ahead and create it and okay. and it'll be there. So I'll just do that in the Adabot repo? Yes, please. Okay, I'll do that. Um, and then for the sake of letting other people go, I'll defer my other two bullets for if we have time and let's AT Maker Bill had something. So let's see what he had. Uh, Summersoft, did you have anything to add to that? I was just going to continue the conversation because I thought Adabot checked if there was a release and then if it was the most current. I don't think that Adabot checks that there, if there are commits that they haven't been released yet. So like Adabot, the problem is there's two things that are Adabot, right? There's the Adabot like statistics script, and then there's the Adabot like update to the latest release versions of all the libraries, commit that to the bundle, and then release the bundle thing. And so that second script will not auto create new releases. And I don't think we should. We talked about it, whether we should just auto bump releases, but I think what we should do instead is uh, to the first Adabot script that has statistics, we should just do add to the library text that says like this library has unreleased commits, right? And I think that covers what Carter is talking about. Yeah, I agree. I think automated wouldn't wouldn't be a good thing. That could shoot us in the foot for other reasons. Because there are reasons where you want to defer a release. like. And that's happened on some stuff where I know there's like three very simple pull requests coming in for some very simple fixes. So it's like, let's wait until those three come in and then we'll do a release. So you wouldn't really want to like just have a release for each one of them. Right. I want to make it really easy to release, but I still want this like human thought process to be like, we should release now. I think the, the current process for releasing is very easy. You just draft a new release and you're done. And then the next time the bundle gets updated, it's good to go. That's the goal. So that's that seems like that's fine. I don't see any reason to really try to make that any easier. It's just more of a flag for like, hey, this this one is. I think the current check only checks if it's in the bundle or not. Kind of a binary thing if it's plumbed into the bundle. Yeah. So what needs to be done is like, yeah, it's in the bundle, but I'm noticing that the bundle commit is behind the current repos commit, and it's up to someone to go make sure that's the way it should be, or if someone missed a release or what. Right. Which is interesting. There's a subtlety there because you could just compare against what's released on that repo, or you could actually do it against the commit that's actually in the bundle. And that if you check the actual bundle one, then you're out also validating that the other Adabot script is running. 
since it's not always because that runs at my house, which is, I guess, another thing we could do is we could switch that to Travis Crown as well. But lots to do. Okay, um, we'll go to AT Makers then, uh, and then we'll circle back to Carter. So um, this comes back to the hack that I put in that added the timeout on input yep. that nobody liked. It's okay. Um, but I was going to just wait until async IO came around, but I actually have a deadline of November 25th, which I never thought was going to be an issue, but it might be. Um, so I can run off of my own uh, repository for that, but the, I got pointed by a couple of people to look into supervisor and there is a method in supervisor uh, and a stub for it for exactly what's needed, which is serial available bytes. Um, and the the thing I don't know how to do is how to expose something under supervisor. Like I know how to make a global because I changed the one from input. And I know how to make a new module because I, I read up on that. But I do not have any clue how to expose the stuff under supervisor or if it is exposed somewhere. So that's kind of what I was so... hoping someone would do that. If you look under shared findings, there's the supervisor directory. That's the that's the API that's available from Python. Um, I think you're talking about that there are also supervisor methods that are only like the C level API. Yeah. So there's under under the main supervisor, not the under shared bindings, but under supervisor right. at the top level, there yeah. is a method in there under serial that actually does exactly this. Mm -hmm. so, if you, if the answer is put it under runtime or it is under runtime, which I hadn't even seen until you just said that, um, I'll be happy to look. But um, it, it just seems like uh, this is like such a little thing, and it's not going to break anything. But I just need to know where to put it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think on runtime is actually the right spot. Okay, because there is a method there: boolean get serial connected. Yeah. Um, so if I put another one right next to it that just says, um, you know, common how get serial bytes available, which would be the same naming scheme, yep. um, and then follow however this thing gets exposed and do the same thing, does that sound like a plan? It totally sounds like a plan. All right. So I will I will put that as my number. I I have to put Jim first. You know why, Scott? Because totally. he's we've totally pulled the rug out from under him. I got to do that first, but then this will be my second Python thing that I do. Okay. Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's the right spot, especially because it's right next to the like serial connection status. Right. Right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Carter, do you want to circle back to your other stuff? Um, sure. Let's see. What was it? So the other one was best, unless there's someone else who has it in the weeds we want to round robin to. I didn't see anything else though. Like I think, uh, Katni, I think we're the next one I'm going to talk about is the same, the same thing. This whole alpha random stuff. Yeah, I just I grabbed what the first thing you said, and then you posted a second bullet of the same thing. So it's it's just in the notes twice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is something where there's stuff out there that works. We we're doing various things. I'm just kind of wondering what kind of consensus is for various ways of doing it. So it's where you create. You know these basically like constants to help uh, to provide 
you things for you to do various settings or various knobs. Like in this case, we're trying to set the play order on a slideshow. Right. And the choices are alph alphabetical or random or and others could exist. Or for the thermocouple library, you needed a way to say type K, type J, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So what's yeah, what's kind of the various ways of, of going about doing that? Because for example, the max the thermocouple library uh Sedacious created actually is a helper class. It's just like an empty class with nothing but constants in it right so that's one way class level constants is another way and i guess module level constants is another way yeah yeah the approach that i took so digital io actually does this as well because it has direction and pull um and it does that same sort of thing where it's uh it's class level stuff and the reason that is is because um Python ha actually has enums. We don't really support them because they added it in three. Oh no, it's in three four. I guess we should support. Um, but the way that you reference it looks like kind of like static constants of class. Yeah, the second way is. The so this is the doc that I was looking at when I did the direction of pull. So that is, I think, the way that we should do it. It's definitely not the way that we do it. <laughs> like we do uh, module level constants a lot. Um, but I think this is the better way to do it because it's the way Python would do it. So it, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't look like you're doing anything other than not importing the, or not uh, extending the enum, right? Right, that's the one thing I'm not doing is actually extending enum. What does it add? The enum thing? What does the enum class add? Uh, I don't see that there's any like comparison or maybe printing, it prints prettier? Instant, <laughs> yeah, printing, instant check, instance checking. Yeah, right. What what does it add versus just creating an empty class that doesn't derive from enum? I guess it's the things that you're talking about. There's some some checking and whatnot that goes on. Oh, you can use item access. And the constructor if you want. Programmatic access to enumeration numbers. Yeah, I think the, the short answer here is whether we make them any enums or not, this is the right format to use because at least right. it'll be consistent, right? Right, exactly. So like even if it's a class that doesn't extend enum, like the way that you would use it is the same as if it did. Right. It would just be like color dot red or whatever. Right. So you're you're advocating create a uh, class, even if you don't derive from enum, just do it via the class way. Exactly. And then you should use is for the comparisons, right? Yeah, it looks like this. Isn't it uh, basically uh, like uh, creating custom exceptions? You know, that second one? Mm, I don't know what you mean by that. I mean, it scopes it the Sorry. same, right? 
Yeah, the scopes are the, basically the same as a, as a custom exception. In other words, if you have like custom error, uh, custom error errors, right. you know, errors specific to a device or to some class, you would you would you would do it like the second one. You'd create a c class under you would extend exceptions by uh, using a uh, creating a class that right. inc includes what you want to add. So that you could pull up exception, you could raise exceptions that are specific to a class. Right. right but the weird thing here, the, the, these examples don't really do it justice. But like this test class would not use, would not have anything besides the definitions for what the enumeration is. It wouldn't have like a constructor for the i squared seed stuff or anything. Like the, that would be another class in the same file. Okay, that makes sense. And um, my impression was a little bit on uh, a little bit wacky, maybe. <laughs> right. So, like, this would be like class slideshow order, and then it would have alpha random as members, like static members, and then there would be a separate class below that for like slideshow. Okay, that makes sense. Cool. Right. That looks good to me. That's what Sedacious did in the thermocouple stuff. OK, cool. Um, all right, any other topics? We're over an hour, so we should wrap up this now. My posture is getting worse. OK, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, this has been the Adafruit Circuit Python Weekly for uh, Monday, October 8th, 2018. This happens every week at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern here on our Discord channel in the Circuit Python voice chat. Um, if you want to join, you can go to adafru.it slash discord. That's a URL. Uh, that will dump you into our uh, Adafruit Discord. We have a text channel for Circuit Python, and we have this voice channel we use on Mondays. Um, if you have questions, we're Somebody is pretty much always there to answer them. Uh, if you don't get a response uh, immediately, then uh, just let us know. Um, the This meeting is recorded. It goes up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Adafruit. I'll put it up later today. Um, those of you who are listening to that on the YouTube channel, thank you so much. Uh, I know a number of you do, so uh, thank you again for doing that. Um, if you have questions uh, after you listen to it uh, after the fact, feel free to jump in our Discord and ask them there. Uh, happy to hear that people are listening to it. Um, we also post a link to this in our uh, Circuit Python or our Python for Microcontrollers weekly newsletter. It goes out every Tuesday morning unless you screw some of the settings up, which I've done a couple times. Um, and uh, you can sign up for that at adafruitdaily.com. Uh, Barring that, uh, thank you everybody for uh, spending your, uh, let's see, three different holidays, Canadian Thanksgiving, um, Indigenous Peoples Day, and uh, Columbus Day. So if you recognize any of those holidays and have joined us, thank you again for joining us, even though it's a holiday. Um, and uh, we'll see you all next week. I don't think it's a holiday that I know of. So uh, we'll see everybody Monday next week or and in the Discord channel until then. Uh, 
Thank everyone. You.